I, I just wanted to remind you that I was totally right about the Raiders beating Pittsburgh. Okay. You, well, you can suck it. Hey, 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 hey. I am, I am, I am man enough to say that I'm willing to eat crow, especially when it's a good ball game. Uh, it wasn't that, a good game. You know why? Because the Raiders game. won by nine. Derek Carr, MVP. Oh my gosh. <laughs> With our running back, Henry Ruggs, which you denied trading for Gus Edwards, five for 113 and a touchdown. Ooh. <laughs> hey, Kenyon Drake wasn't bad. And I really do feel like the dynamic of that game changed when TJ Watt went out. Yeah, but I mean we, we can talk about that in a little bit because that's 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 kind of a hot button game that happened. The other thing I was gonna bring up before we we get this thing going is uh Jamar Chase, two catches, 54 yards, and a touchdown. Yes, she did um, let me know uh, about it. I did on my roster, by the way. Uh, he has to average 90 yards the rest of the way uh, to get to that 1500 mark. Um, and just for reference for everyone out there listening, Justin Jefferson at this point didn't really have a whole lot of yards at this point. He didn't really go off till week three. So, I mean, I, I have... 150 yards, two touchdowns, and we're not even into the middle of September yet. Just I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I hope it does because it's on my roster in two different leagues against you. So I hope you're right, but I don't think you are. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Steelers this weekend, especially if TJ Watt isn't playing. That's true. That's true. Well, anyways, <clears throat> hey, intro. We just did it. <laughs> Cold opening. Welcome to the Misfit Fantasy Football Podcast. This is episode 37. As you can hear, we're both a little, little horse. Um, I, I I'm not a little horse. Guess. I'm a big horse. Yeah, I uh, I screamed my guts out um, on Saturday, and I still haven't fully recovered yet. Um, we took a company field trip to the Devil's Playground, as I call it, or you know, the Palace in the Prairie. Oh, hey, you. Hey, they were nice to you, okay? They were, but nobody knew. Nobody knew. Go Pokes, baby. And, and of all things, there was a Georgia fan sitting in front of us. I can't That's get true. away from these people, I tell you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to you Bulldog fans out there, um, when we joined the SEC, I got unfinished business when we go to Athens, just saying. Yeah, because you're going to catch an L probably like 38 to 5 because they can't run the ball because they could barely beat Nebraska. 38 to five. How does that score even compute? There's a safety that happens somewhere. I don't know. Oh man. Anyway, so I am your co-host Taylor Reeves alongside my other co-host here, Jacob Dupree, AKA the commissioner. Um, so as you can see, uh, our weekend was fun filled fast and furious, and we're in the middle of what quarter of the Minot game right now. Still the first. And currently Jared Goff is out shooting Aaron Rodgers because he's got a perfect eight for eight for 95 yards and a touchdown. Wow. Yeah. Jared Goff of all people is, is, is going off. Is Green Bay just this bad this year? Like, is this, is this a thing? I don't know. I, I think Aaron Rodgers is like content and he's just kind of, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to figure it out. You know, I'm just going to, I think this is, this is captain kneecap written all over it. It's like, all right, guys, I want more kneecaps for my necklace. Okay. And my offensive coordinator's only got two. He's got to have six by the end of this game. <laughs> I just think it's a lot of September Super Bowl. It's kind of like winning the Heisman in September. There, there's a lot, a lot of football left. Same thing in these leagues, okay? I may not be doing so great, but a lot of people that have been talking smack, they need to, they need to put this into perspective. It's week two, okay? <laughs> a, a slow start does not mean there's a demise, Okay. Am I panicking? No, you don't hear panic in my voice. It's just kind of the uh, the quivering from um, the the swollen throat. Gross. But yeah, so there's a crap ton of injuries that happened over the weekend. That like as it happened, I was like, "Well, that game pick just tanks." Well, there goes that DFS lineup. Yep. And I mean, I, I think like what the quarterbacks was a big story because at one point in time in the twelve o'clock games, Tua Baker and Tarod Taylor all went out in a span of like five minutes with of each other right baker baker's receiver didn't make an effort towards a pass and then baker tried to go make a tackle at least he led with his left shoulder thank god he stood up and it was just all noodle arm and i was like yeah i hope that's not a broken clavicle if so Uh, that that would have been so cleveland though is for your quarterback to make the tackle and and break his clavicle that's true two had some bruised ribs you got further testing today but they just confirmed that it's bruised He'll try to play through the pain. I imagine he'll get some cortisone shots or something. Carson Wentz didn't sprain not just one, but both ankles. 
probably on the same play because it's what he does. He's the best. And I heard this on the fantasy footballers. And I think it's so right. Like you look at the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line right now, and Jalen Hurts is just standing in the pocket most of the time. Mm-hmm. When he needs a scramble, he does. Well, remember whenever we were saying Indianapolis had like a top three offensive line? Yeah. Every snap, there's someone in his face last year. So I think he's got like something where he like detracts from the offensive line talent just because it's like, I don't know. It's the ginger sucking all the, like the joy out of players. I mean, I don't know. No, I don't. Funny. Um, <laughs> there it is. I, I just, took, I took I a just second. got onto it. Took a second. So after you sent, sent that um, email out, or sorry, not email, message out, out on the uh, the sleeper app talking about the, the early quarterbacks, you know, Derek Carr got injured. And it was oh, like, what is still going on? Hard. <clears throat> I know, I know. He he played terrific. Um, you're you're seeing all of this go on, and you're just like, what in the world is going going on? You know. And with Carson Wentz, um, dude, I, I don't know what's going on. Um, I mean, he's he's in the offense that he thrived in. I don't know if it's just him getting back into the groove of things. I don't know if there if there's a deeper thing going on. I mean, there's some outlets being like, they feel like there's a division within there. Like the team isn't meshing well because, you know, his vaccination status, I don't know how much that's playing into it. You know, it's not like, you know, for instance, like with the the Ravens chiefs game, it's not like Lamar going out there and balling, you know, it's not that big of an issue, but if you're out there and getting killed, you know, it's not really helping a whole lot. And so with, with Carson Wentz on this, it's like, yeah, I don't really know. I also think he's, I think he's seeing ghosts out there. I think he's seeing like 13 on a Well, yeah, we saw what happened last year in Philadelphia. He snapped the ball and the guy was in his face. Like, yeah, that happened this game. But I will give them some credit. Like, they are playing the Rams. I mean, Aaron Donald, period. That, that, that should be enough. I mean, he demands yeah. two people by himself. And especially if they're lining up opposite of Quentin Nelson. I mean, going away from your strength, but I feel like the way that they should have tried to figure out how to neutralize it, which I know that I'm. I'm how know, do you neutralize an atomic bomb? You don't. Well, I feel like with counter runs, different things, try to get Quentin Nelson on Aaron Donald as much as much as possible, but clearly it didn't work. Um, Cause I mean, Carson still ended up injured. Uh, who is their backup quarterback? Jacob Eason. And Sam Ellinger's on IR. He's on IR. Okay. So it was Eason. Okay. Cause I was thinking to say, I was like, this, this could be an opportunity for Ellinger. I didn't think I would ever say that, but <laughs> I'm like, this could be it. I mean, and then, then like outside of those quarterbacks, like the San Francisco backfield is just crumbling at the, like, I don't understand. Is there some bad juju happening in San Francisco or like, I don't, I don't get it because literally Colby said he had like four of five active running backs <laughs> and all four of them were injured at the same time. Like Raheem Mostert's on season-ending IR. Jermichael Hasty, essentially like bad ankle sprain. Right. Trey Sermon, I don't even know. He just has OU-itis. And then uh, Trenton Cannon got a couple carries. But, I mean, like freaking Elijah Mitchell even was out for a couple series with a shoulder. I'm like, okay, seriously, San Francisco, you need to fire your GD uh, health guy, freaking physio, whoever he is, like, yeah, this is a recurring theme. Like you have to start paying attention to where something's not working somewhere. And the 49ers are 2-0. Uh, that, that is the most Kyle Shanahan thing ever. And the fact, <laughs> I, I'm believing now more so when he was saying, you know, it was kind of a joke of being like, we don't know who's going to be live on Sunday. After seeing what's going on in that backfield, he may legitimately not know who's going to be is he like on Sunday. Mob boss having <laughs> someone with a lead pipe, like start smacking players for not performing in practice or something like good God. I mean, it's possible. I also think it's maybe the turf, the turf versus grass, because I know in Philly it's a grass field. I don't think we can say that because they get hurt everywhere. Like, literally, they get hurt grass, turf, astrodome, dome, concrete, a, a swimming pool. I don't know. It was at the sidewalk at the mall. Ah, pretty much. God, my knee. But then you... Go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, this is two weeks in a row that I've started a quarterback in, in our ESPN league. Rip. That last week it was uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 0.72 points. And then this week I had two at Tongue of Aloha. I was like, oh, I got two. It's going to be fine. Two played a, a great first game. Point five, two points <laughs> with the ribs. And I'm just like, can I not get a freaking break with my quarterback? So I picked up Derek Carr after what happened with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So fingers crossed, but <laughs> oh, wait. 
he's uh he's under evaluation for the uh for the ankle injury for week three so i'm like of course it's okay i ran it and see this is why i don't like kickers i ran into graham Gano, who scored more than his entire lineup or sorry second highest score with, with 22 points kickers are people but not for fantasy leagues i got 10 points from roquan smith yeah that's crazy <laughs> but i had zero from my kicker that's the reason I do that because you have to follow a little bit more. Plus it's just a nice kind of like, you know, change of pace for us. Uh, Daryl Henderson also got injured in the game, but he was looking phenomenal. He has some rib cartilage injury, but at the same time, they're very hopefully he can still play. I think if Sony Michelle is out there, I mean, if you're desperate, he's not a bad look, but I think it's Daryl Henderson's the best back net back from, because he was looking great last game. His, let me see here. Let me scroll down to that game. Because, I mean, he had 13 carries for 53 yards and a touchdown and three catches for 29 yards. I mean, if you're telling me my running back is getting 16 touches and 80 yards with a touchdown every week, like you can consistently sign me up every freaking week for that. Josh Jacobs, he's another foot, like a toe thing, like turf toe. And John Gruden's already came out and said, well, he's extremely doubtful for the game. I'm like, okay, cool. Kenyon Drake, start him up, especially in PPR leagues. There you go. He won me 10 cents in a DFS lineup. That's right. There you go. Ten cents. I put it in a nickel. Double my investment, baby. That's what matters. That's what it we is. come here for. Doubling your investment. It is. So then we put Andy Dalton on the back half of our news because this could be a really big one for redraft and dynasty or whatever. Because if this is the start of Justin Fields' show, which he didn't look that great, like he threw an absolutely egregious pick because he just overlooked the linebacker. Who like you watch the play and you literally see the linebacker standing there just waiting for the pass to get thrown over his head. So he didn't look that, that great, but he did have 10 carries for 31 yards. So, you know, give or take, whatever. So, Taylor, if Justin Fields starts, is he a top 15 quarterback right out of the gate? Or are you kind of holding on the reins till you see it once? Because I believe the Bears play – hold on, I have him on a roster somewhere. I don't know. Talk for a second. I'll tell you who they play next. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, you know, I feel like the reason, you know, congrats to the bears. I have a friend at work. He's uh he's from the Midwest and he's, he's a Chicago bears fan. And I, uh, my heart goes out to him on this because it was like this, this internal turmoil going on with Andy Dalton and everything, you know, being in Dallas and, and seeing Andy Dalton play last year and then seeing him, you know, that everything that's going on with Chicago and then seeing that Justin Fields was able to get a chance. And yeah, he did throw a pick, but you know, also at the same time, the bears defense looked good and did what they're supposed to be doing. I hope they listen to this podcast because they, uh, they seem like a different group out there uh, on oh, Sunday, yeah. uh, forcing Joe Burrow to throw three interceptions. So when the turnover battle, when you're able to win that, you're being, you know, you're able to win more ball games and, you know, being able to come out there with a three point victory over a white hot Cincinnati Bengals team coming off of that overtime victory versus the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I'm telling you the Bengals, they got something with the consistency there. It, they're, they're building something. I know Joe didn't play great, but they're, they're building something there. And I'm, I, I am fully on board for watching it. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think you just take give Joe Burrow a couple weeks to get his feet underneath him. Cause remember he didn't play preseason either. I don't think, Mm-mm. I think he literally just came in off of that horrific knee injury, just straight into live game action. So, I mean, there's, there's a line here that they're flirting with. And I definitely think that Cincinnati Bengals are going to be something to watch, especially later half of the year. They might be a wild card team just based off how that offense, but cause let's not overskirt the defense. They also play good, but we can, Get more into that whenever we get to the the recap. Oh, yeah. of the, the uh, Justin Fields, I don't think he's a top 15 quarterback. I think he's top 20 at best. I agree. Uh, you, you even, they play with the running. They play <laughs> Cleveland next week, and that's that's a well, de- Yeah, and their their defense is very salty and very solid. So I would wait and see if you can, but if it's a two-quarterback league and you have to, see what happens. He's probably going to get 60 rushing yards. And then the last injury we have on here is T.J. Watt, just because he really yeeted that groin straight out of his own leg. And so that made a big difference with the defense. And once again, with this is the second time we referenced this game, but the Pittsburgh Steelers have not looked good. Okay. And I think this right here is a big impact on that defense because while they still have a good secondary, they lost Bud Dupree to free agency. They lost one of their main linebackers for free agency. They didn't really bring anyone of note in. So this defense might not be as scary, but it's scary part is their offensive line. Ooh, foreshadowing. see what i did there see what i did there i see i did see what you did there um yeah the steelers offense has a lot of work to do um 
it seemed like the a lot of the plays early on were like, oh, we're going to try to get Chase Claypool involved. You know, they were getting Juju involved. They were really mixing it in and out. You know, Najee scored a scored a run early on. He was looking good. And then it was like it it turned. And, you know, they <clears throat> they um you know started playing really good one-on-one defense with Chase Claypool. And there was some mm-hmm. big shots that if they were able to complete those passes, it would have been 30, 40 yards down the field. Yeah. And Chase no, Claypool it, and then the end around plays, and they're like, screw it, we're switching it. All right, give it to Deontay which I was happy because in some leagues I had both Pittsburgh Steelers, which I'm like, I don't understand why I have all these Steelers players, but <laughs> they, they do a decent job of spreading the ball around, but it's just like, you're pulling teeth trying to get yards out of this offense. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And you know, like we can, once again, we can circle back to this game whenever we go through the preview or the recap of it, like that, that whole team just did not look hot. Like, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, yeah, he threw for 295 yards, but it was only for one, one touchdown and he did have a pick involved. And even like, you know, with how the running game looked wasn't that great because Najee Harris was 10 carries for 38 yards. And if he doesn't have that 25 yard touchdown reception, you're looking at this game, you're saying you have 10 carries for 38 yards and then four catches for 28 yards. Like that's, that's not a good game. That's not the high second round draft pick or, you know, rookie rookie drafts. That's not worth the one one you probably paid for him or the one or two, one three, whatever the order went. Right. So, I mean, I think you kind of have to be worried for Najee's outlook for the rest of the season and also the Pittsburgh Steelers for the rest of the season, just based off of that game. However, they did run into a buzzsaw known as the Raiders. Just saying, they're playing hot right now, okay? They beat the Ravens and the Steelers, and they beat the Steelers on a short week after an overtime game. And so I'm just sitting here looking, I'm like, this team is starting to roll. They're starting to look good. John Gruden's not starting to look as crazy as he sounded in the offseason. And not to mention they um the Ravens just turned around and beat the the Chiefs last night. They did. So I, I know we're we're doing some like win-loss calculator here and being like, what you know, can the Raiders beat the Chiefs? Oh, wait, yeah, they did last year. So it <laughs> is did. very possible that this team can put it together. It's about consistency. So I'm curious to see where this team is going to be at the midway point in October and when we do our midseason re- review, seeing where we're at. You know, if that team is six and two, seven and two, somewhere around there, um, I mean, watch out. I mean, they may be a top three seed in, in the AFC playoffs if, if things come push to shove. But I am so excited to see what the AFC West and the NFC West are going to do this year once we get into oh, yeah. the divisional play. Oh, yeah. I'm, re- I'm ready to see that. Well, well, you ready to kind of review our recaps of, or our sleepers? Wow. See, that I'm not doing that great, but I'm here. We're here. Review our sleepers that we projected. And I would say on a grand scheme of things, I'd give us like a C plus, like it wasn't horrible, but at the same time, like, I don't think you would pass this, you know, what happened last week. You know, for the fact this is episode 37 and this is our second week of picking sleepers. I, I thought we did adequate. Um, Listen, you know, all, for all I'm saying is I had, I had two guys or I had, you know, running back that was, Top 24. I had two quarterbacks in the top 15, whatever. And one of them was Derek Carr. I told you to start him, dang it. Anyways, to the chlorophyll. You can go first. Okay, so I, I didn't do too bad. Um, I had Teddy Bridgewater. He finished 10th. Granted, he was playing the Jaguars. Jaguars uh, effects. But, yeah, no, he had he had a terrific game. Uh, Teddy has had uh, two terrific back-to-back weeks against the Giants and the Jaguars. Let's see, hopefully, that he's able to continue that trend uh, this coming week. And then Mac Jones um, looking more and more like Tom Brady circa 2001. He was, uh, he played good. He didn't turn the ball over, but not great for fantasy. Um, he finished 28th. Then we had the running backs. Um, I started both uh, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. Uh, Leonard Fournette did okay in most leagues, finishing uh, 22nd. Uh, you know, would have been a decent flex option, you know. I mean, a, it's, it's a top 24 running yeah. back in two, two running back leagues. Like, you're okay that you started him. He didn't sink, sink your team. Ronald Jones, on the other hand, uh, he, he sank my battleship. Uh, he <laughs> finished 48th. Um, and then the wide receivers did okay again there. Uh, Mike Williams finished 10th. Yeah, that's a wide receiver one. That was a good call. Tyler Boyd, I mean, he had he was the 42th wide receiver. I feel like he did better than that, but I think just getting that rapport again with Joe Burrow and being able to build that offense, I I'm gonna keep waving the Tyler. Also, Boyd flag. I, I I appreciate the uh, the 42th number that you just created and invented. I respect that. <laughs> 42th. 42th. 
Um, and then my uh, tight ends uh, were in the 20s. Uh, Janu Smith finishing 21 and Hunter Henry finishing 20th. Not so great when your quarterback's 28. So that, that's kind of self-explanatory. Um, my defensive teams was, um, you know, 50-50. <laughs> the Giants finished 30th and the Bengals finished 14th. So I'm, oh, I've been okay. either white hot or did complete dog crap. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of white hot or complete dog crap, like, listen, my sleepers, they're going to start off, I'd say pretty white hot. And then they're going to get pretty much dog crap. My, I chose two quarterbacks. I went with Matt Ryan and finished number 14th. And then my bonus of Derek Carr, who I told you to start, was number seven on the week. Okay. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying I'm right. Dang it. Damian Harris was my running back sleeper of the week. He came in at number 16. Thank God for that awesome touchdown run he had at the end of the game. Also, I appreciate the lineman that helped push the pile into the end zone that he just so happened to be in the middle of. Mucho appreciado, amigos. Then now to the dog crap. Jacoby Myers was number 58. But when your quarterback, like you said, finished bottom half and he only threw like 20-something passes, what do you expect? Especially when the other quarterback throws four picks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, honestly. like And... I think it was three of them were in his first four pass attempts or, or like first 10 was, pass attempts. It was or something absurd. Like I'm like, I'm so glad he's on the taxi squad. It was, it was <laughs> so gnarly. But then outside of that, uh, Tim Patrick was number 40. Like, yes, he caught a touchdown, but I also think that it was just a decent week for receivers in general. My tight end was Tyler Higby. He pooped his pants. He had one catch for eight yards. Number 49. Great. Defenses, I chose the Las Vegas Raiders, who currently finished at number 21, and then the Pittsburgh Steelers have finished number 26. It was a cleaner football game than I thought that was going to happen, as in there was like not as many turnovers, not as much sacks. But also, what do you expect when you lose TJ Watts? That was kind of one that I was banking on. And then I mean, whenever you have Derek Carr, who is balling as the quarterback seven, you should have started him, dang it. But I mean, there you go. So, yeah. I think it's like a C, C plus, maybe. Yeah, no, not too bad. Um, yeah, I agree with the the TJ Watt. I, I think honestly is worth 10 spots. Like the, I feel like Pittsburgh would have finished 16th if they would have had him. I don't think there, I don't think Pittsburgh would have won that game, but I definitely think having TJ Watt's presence would have made that game a lot closer than nine points. Oh, I agree with you on that one. So how do you how do you feel about your leagues right now? Are you 50-50? How, how'd you, how are you going this week? Well, I was doing great until uh, T.J. Hawkinson just got a touchdown pass. Oh, damn. So I'm going to lose Stranger Danger, but whatever. That's what I get whenever I have Tyreek Hill, you know, drop an absolute goose last night. Empire, I, I'm currently losing to Dayton, but I have Devontae Adams going. I'm feeling mostly okay if Aaron Rodgers can show up. I won the Dynasty League. I lost in your league because I ran up against a freaking 22-point kicker. <clears throat> and in a really weird league, I'm going to lose that one just because the other guy had Derrick Henry and Cooper Cup. So, enough said. I may go one and three. Uh, I have Aaron Rodgers playing right now. Uh, I have a 2% chance to win. So You're telling uh, me there's a chance. There's still a lot of time left. Yeah, I'm the ultimate optimist. Um, I have 86 points to 107. I need Aaron Rodgers to become Aaron Rodgers. But against Detroit, he doesn't really, like, get rid of their hearts till like, the last nine minutes of the fourth quarter anyway. So I'm just hoping he heats up. I mean, honestly, I just want to be like, Aaron. Uh, uh, R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Yeah, there you go. Woodley is watching you. Your fiance is watching you. <laughs> Do better, man. Do better. But yeah, um, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to a quick commercial break and we'll be right back after this. Hello and welcome back. Okay, so here on episode 37, we're doing the week two recap here. Uh, So Jacob, if you wouldn't mind, do the honors and kick it off. All right. So we're going to throw it all the way back to Thursday on this one. See what I did there? Throwback Thursday. Throwback Thursday on a Tuesday. Where the New York Giants and their uh, leading rusher, Daniel Jones, on the season Almost beat Washington with Taylor Heineke as a quarterback, but the final score was 30 to 29 off of a crazy ending sequence where the so the final field goal, like one second left on the clock, guy kicks it, misses it, but offsides on the Giants. Goes back, kicks it again. This time he made it, but only by like a foot and a half off of the right upright. So that was crazy. But from that game, the biggest standout to me was holy crap, Taylor Heineke looks fine. 
because he hyper-targeted Terry McLaurin, and Sterling Shepard is the absolute real deal. He went nine for 94. I was playing against him in the OG League, and I was not the biggest fan seeing Sterling Shepard just catch pass after pass after pass. He looks like the real deal this season. No, absolutely. Um, and Giants fans, what did you expect? You took the uh, the leftovers from the Cowboys to be your offensive coordinator. He's been conservative his entire life. Why were you not shocked by this? I will say I was impressed by J- Daniel Jones. I think that was the most complete game of his career yeah. thus far. Um, and so if the Giants keep playing the way that they do, hopefully Saquon Barkley can get going here. My trade is looking better and better. Myself and Ben had talked about that. So and we also talked about how Saquon's going to end up on my roster by the beginning of next week. Just saying. Just saying. It's going to be it's going to be great. (laughs) Next up, we had the New Orleans Saints uh, trekking to Carolina and New Orleans Saints absolutely got their butts handed to them, much like what they did to Green Bay last week by getting destroyed by the Panthers 26 to 7. Jameis Winston looked like the Jameis Winston of old. I remember this Jameis, the one that I knew and loved deep in my heart. Through two picks, 11 for 22. He scored 10.34 total fantasy points in our league. But I think the most important, or there's two big takeaways here. A, Carolina's defense looked phenomenal. They were absolute lockdown the entire game. But I think that's also kind of a standpoint of who's New Orleans have to throw the ball to. And then B, Alvin Kamara, eight carries for five yards, four catches for 25 yards for a total of 12 touches for 30 yards. That ain't going to cut it from like, you know, the fourth overall pick in redrafts. No, Taylor, should people be, should people be freaking out about Alvin Kamara? Cause I personally think yes. And I also said this in the preseason, just saying. <laughs> yeah. I, I think to an extent I would, if someone is still interested in Alvin Kamara on trades, I would be listening more closely. Um, but I also think it's a division it's Carolina and Car- Carolina is playing hungry. Sam Darnold has a lot to prove. Christian McCaffrey has a lot to prove coming back. DJ Moore, uh, sorry, DJ Moore, not Dijon. <laughs> Dijon Moore. Uh, I love Dijon some Dijon Moore on DJ my Moore. brats. Man, so good. Sorry, I was um, a quick tangent. Um, I was reading the uh, Canadian polls that's happening tomorrow because there was some letter Kenny stuff talking about voting in Canada. And so I was just watching some like Montreal. And so I was in this you like French speaking mood. Yes, you, I know. I do good stuff would. like that. Yeah, it's because you're a ginger, and gingers obviously travel north for the winter, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That time of year. That's what we do to get ready to hibernate. (laughs) It was getting kind of chilly out. Um, But, yeah, so Christian McCaffrey, Sam Darnold look great second Mm -hmm. week in a row for Carolina. So watch out. The Panthers may be the real deal. And DJ Moore is looking more and more like a wide receiver one after – week two just saying i know i, I know it's early but he's he looks good eight for 11 79 yards and a touchdown and from a fantasy perspective start all of your panthers in the next i think two weeks guaranteed because they play houston next houston on thursday night actually That's and they play dallas game. and they play dallas the week after that and then after that they play philadelphia and by then we're going to know if philadelphia's defense is the real deal or not but all the panthers outlooks looking up looking bright uh we can keep this rolling on the next up you had Cincinnati traveling to Chicago, right? Right. They yep. went to Chicago. Yep. 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 And they lost 17 to 20 to the Chicago bears where the big story for this one, like we kind of preluded in the news was Andy Dalton has probably a bone bruise. And so he's most likely going to be out next week, but they haven't rolled him out yet. But if he is, it's Justin Fields time to shine. And if he doesn't step up to the plate, I mean, it's, it's just going to be the Andy Dalton show because they're playing Cleveland, and while Cleveland's defense wasn't spectacular against the Houston Texans this week, they were good enough. They got some hits. And they did their due. However, Terod Taylor was making them look like JV League defense whenever he was playing in that game. So, Justin Fields, this is your time to shine. I believe in you. I hope that you succeed. Don't suck. Cincinnati side of the ball, Joe Burrow looked like he was a rookie, but like once again, like we said, remember – he just came straight in without any training camp. He's still shaking the rust off. And the fact that he threw, it was like two picks on consecutive plays. Then after that, he just started bombing the ball like left and right. And he was looking like the Joe Burrow from LSU. I think, I think they're going to hit about to hit their stride. Cause remember their next game is against Pittsburgh. They just lost their best pass rusher, but then they play Jacksonville, Green Bay, Detroit in three games in a row. That's going to be hot. Yeah, no, um, I, I would continue to keep an eye on Joe Burrow. 
Uh, look at these splits. So he was 19 for 30 on completions. The majority of his completions, of course, went to the three wide receivers. Tyler Higgins had six. Jamar Chase had two. So that's eight. Tyler Boyd had seven. That's 15 passes caught by three, three receivers overall of the 19 passes completed by Joe Burrow. Yeah. We've been saying this since April. The three wide receivers for Cincinnati are going to produce. All three of them produce 10 or more points. You need to be starting th- all three of them. If you yeah. have them either in a flex position or wide receiver, either one, you're 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 guaranteed to at least have a competitive, uh, you know. Yeah, you you have a fighting chance. That's yes. this thing. It's kind of like we always say with the Tampa Bay wide receivers. You start them. You, like for instance, even when we get to the Tampa Bay game, Antonio Brown only had one catch. Guess what? I'm going to start him next week because he could have ten catches. It's just going to be the nature of the beast. And every week they're going to be someone else that shows up. Like so far, the most consistent is Jamar Chase, just because he has. Two long bomb touchdowns. Other than that, I mean, T. Higgins, six for 60. That's a great game. Tyler Boyd, seven for six for 73. Sign me up. Like, that's not going to sink your team. The the one thing that I was concerned about was Joe Mixon, simply for the fact that he had 20 carries for 69 yards and he didn't really have the receptions that he had. So eh, I'm, I, not, I'm not worried about it. I, I'm not either, but I'm just kind of like, I hope this isn't one of those peak and valley thing. Like every other week he he goes off for 25 points and then the other weeks hey man, he has nine. You give my running back 21 opportunities in a game and I will be happy with whatever the results are. Next up, we'll go ahead and roll straight into um, Houston traveling to Cleveland where honestly, Terod Taylor was having that team humming and that was a competitive game until he pulled his hammy and then he just like, ah, my hammy. And then... The game kind of went south from there with the Cleveland Browns winning 31 to 21. Uh, with this one, like I said, like Terod Taylor was hot. Like he was 10 for 11. And remember that one incompletion was whenever he was trying to roll out to his left when his hammy tightened and he just launched it out of bounds just to throw it away. So he was 10 for 10 up until that point. He was looking great. But I think on the end from the Cleveland side, I think he, it's just, it's going to be Nick Chubb because the receivers did not help Baker Mayfield at all even though baker went 19 for 21 the receivers were nowhere to be found like that one interception was on the receiver because he stopped running his route after he broke it broke at the top of it baker was going to expect him to keep coming across and whenever he stopped the safety literally just stood there and was like oh this is for me yeah and the uh one of the players that i'd keep an eye out for is, is uh demetric uh, D- demetric felton he was one of the um the rookies that we had uh had had highlighted early on in the rankings. Uh, I think he's definitely, uh, he's out of UCLA. Definitely a player to keep an eye on. He had two catches for 51 yards and a touchdown, especially depending on how long Jarvis is out. And who knows what's up with OBJ, especially far as wide receivers, keep an eye on him. Uh, well, wait, he was playing, they haven't been in a running back position. So I guess he, he was. He does whatever he wants. Yeah. So Definitely a player to keep a lookout for, especially if you're on the waiver wires and trying to kind of mix up who you have. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. And look at like Baker's completion percentage. It's out of the wazoo yeah. right now. It's, it's 19 crazy. for 21. Like that, that was, that's, that's all. You can't ask for anything better than that. If you're averaging so, 17 to 18 points out of your QB two, you're feeling pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that, that's going to make your heart happy. Then from there, we can roll into the L.A. Rams going to Indianapolis with the Rams pulling out the road victory, 27 to 24. In a game that was a lot tighter than I was kind of thinking it was going to be, but the defensive line was kind of proving difficult for the Rams to handle. However, I still think the bright, shining spot from this game is obviously like, how do you not mention Cooper Cup? Good God, nine catches on 11 targets for a buck 63 and two touchdowns sweet mother of jesus like that's yeah sign sign me up i think right now he's the overall wide receiver number one if he's not he's gonna be up this week (laughs) yeah right now so right now he's the number two overall wide receiver behind tyler lockett but that's fantastic and then you flip over to the colt side carson wentz tried to try his best to sprain both of his ankles so i mean I i don't know um jonathan taylor he didn't look that great but however you're playing the rams okay and when you don't have a threat of a passing game that much it's not that, you know, who are they going to respect? But Michael Pittman had himself a game, like I said, in the preseason. Eight for 123, no touchdown, but still, like, that's that's a great game. You can't really ask much more from, from him than that, especially with the circumstances. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I agree on that, especially uh, – but that offensive line needs to get it figured out with the, uh, the Colts there. I feel like Carson did the best – like you said, the best he could on two sprained ankles, but – 
All right. Jordan Taylor, Wisconsin guy, 15 carries, 51 yards. Jonathan um, Taylor. Sorry, Jonathan Taylor. And then Hines, you know, he had a carry for five yards and then Mac had five for 16. It's, it's not a, it's not a great look. They need to get that figured out. They are a power running team. That is their identity. And they need to kind of get back to it um, because they played well, they played valiantly against the Rams, but they need to kind of get it figured out, especially as they get into division play and being able to compete um, looking for an AFC uh, wild card bid, in my opinion. Yeah. I, th- I think that just hinges kind of on the quarterback and, but if at the same time, if they go into the week saying like, Hey, we're giving Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines and Marlon Mack 40 combined touches. Let's just go for it and see what happens. I mean, I think it'd be okay, but we can keep rolling along into Denver traveling to Jacksonville where Denver won 23 to 13 making Trevor Lawrence actually look like a rookie. And it was kind of, um, you know, a heartfelt warmth, warm feeling, even though Trevor Lawrence is going to cost me in two leagues because he scored 8.82 points. I think the biggest thing, the two big things from this game is, oh my crap, Cortland Sutton. I think we figured out who's going to step up in Jerry Judy's absence. Yeah. Nine of 12, nine, <clears throat> nine catches on 12 targets for a buck 59. Whew. Don't give me the meat sweats. Then on Jacksonville's side, Marvin Jones, I think, is the number one for that team because he had 11 targets and compared to DJ Chark's four, he had, you know, four at one point in time, he was four catches for on four catches on four targets for like 47 yards and a touchdown on my bench, which made me kind of sad. But it's all right. I think we're kind of discovering now that LaVisca Chenault has a shoulder injury. I firmly expect that it's going to be the same story moving forward. And I think I looked at their next couple of games and they play at Arizona or they play a home game against Arizona and their defense just got shredded. They play Cincinnati. Their secondary is nothing special. Tennessee just got absolutely torched. Yes. By Russell Wilson and company, but they got roasted and then they have Miami going into a bye week Okay. So those next four games are actually very startable for Marvin Jones. And I think you can start him as like a wide receiver three, four. Yeah. I may honestly sit James Robinson to start Marvin Jones after the second week, um, seeing how that offense is now being built and seeing the way that they're utilizing James Robinson or lack thereof. I'm still very pissed at Urban Meyer, <laughs> as you can tell. Uh, but the good news is I have Marvin Jones. So I'm, um, you know, looking to start him potentially uh, next week. I mean, I'm most likely starting, and I'll tell you right now, especially if Daryl Henderson's questionable or they're going to, like, reduce his workload, it's probably going to be Marvin Jones for me. <clears throat> then we – go ahead. I was just going to say, so uh, Teddy Bridgewater has been playing lights out. So my yeah. question to you is, for a QB2 position, do you, like him or Baker or him and Carson, like who are you starting week three? Like all oh. – like Carson and Baker played very similar games, had about 18 to 19 points. But – Teddy's been playing lights out. He's been playing perfect. I think at this juncture, you have to go with Teddy Bridgewater. He's looked the best of those options. And plus, I mean, th- that team is just complete. Remember, preseason, we were saying they're quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender. Well, what if Teddy B is that guy? I mean, I'm not saying he is because, I mean, he did just play Jacksonville, which everybody's going to look good against Crapsonville, as I'm going to start calling them. Yep. And next week he plays the Jets, so I would fully expect the same thing next week. Gosh, why isn't that the Thursday night game? I would love to see the Jets versus Jacksonville be the um, Thursday night game. They needed to do it like they did a few years back with the Jets and the Browns, have the number one versus the number two overall pick. I don't understand why they're not doing that. That really upsets me. Or the top two (laughs) QBs. I'm like, that would have been the perfect game. But I understand. All right, so let's have Davis Mills play Sam Darnold. Okay, great. It's going to be great gonna be great i'm looking forward to it i'm fine whatever screw you urban (laughs) not bitter at all (laughs) well guess what we can move into a game where i'm kind of hurt from but buffalo going to miami and just i think they basically just brought like the city of buffalo and said this is our town now because it was 35 to nothing like gross i don't have the time of possession in front of me but i'm pretty sure it was like 36 minutes to 24 and that's a big difference but Big storyline is Tua Tagovailoa got hurt like what five minutes into the game, something yeah, like that. If that, and after and after that, the whole team just looked different. Jalen Waddle was having himself a game. Then after that, he didn't catch pretty much. He caught I think three more passes, two more passes, and then that was it. Mm-hmm. Like Devonte Parker was actually the top fantasy guy for that team because Jalen Waddle had a fumble. And then I think on the, the Buffalo, I mean. 
you can look at the running backs, but I think I just chart this up to being a blowout game where nobody really cared because, I mean, Josh Allen went 17 for 33, okay? You're still going to start him. They won 35 to nothing. They didn't need to throw the ball. They didn't need him. So from this game, I think you just kind of – Next week, you sit your Dolphins and you start all your Buffalo Bills just like you were in. That includes the running backs and probably still keeping them on the bench. Yeah, no, I, I um, it really stinks because I wish Tua would have played to see how this, because I was really looking forward to this matchup between the Bills and, and the Dolphins. And then to see that, you know, Tua went out with an injury. It was like it, it took the air out of the out of the building, and it was just like, oh, we'll we'll shoot. And um, with everything going on with Josh Allen, he, I feel like right now it's just there's so much on him, and there's so much focus on him. It was great to see that the running backs were able to shine because that's what that team needs to make it complete. And if they're able to get the running game going, and Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs are able to get things kind of going, it's it's gonna be. It's going to be interesting down the stretch and to see that AFC East. I'm, I I can't wait to see the Bills play against New England in that defense. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what the next couple of weeks bring. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited for the Buffalo Bills. Like, I still think they're going to be great <clears throat> moving forward. But moving on from one clunker to a next, uh, you had the Patriots destroying the Jets 25-6. to six. And Zach Wilson, like we said earlier, he had – through, I'm pretty sure it was three interceptions on his first 10 pass attempts, four interceptions. No, no, no. Sorry. You're right. Okay. He, okay. I didn't know where you were going with that, <laughs> but regardless, he was, he was just, he was just bad from this game. I don't really think there's many fantasy implications you can take from it. Other than Damian Harris had 16 of the 23 running back carries, which is awesome and fantastic. And if that trend continues, he can be a steady flex or back in running back too. But James White was six for six in his opportunities in the passing game this week. And that's same thing as last week where he was six for seven. So I think he's becoming a PPR flex option for you. And on I the think, Jets, just no, just walk away. Well, I, I mean, Braxton Berrios did well. He had seven catches for 73 yards. Not saying he's reliable. Um, and Elijah Moore looked okay. You know, he, he didn't really show up week one. So from a taxi squad perspective, seeing if he's able to develop, uh, even with the four interceptions. And then uh, Corey Davis, lesson to everyone out there who already doesn't know this. Um, Bill Belichick and the defense is really good about taking away what you're really good at, which obviously Corey Davis had two touchdowns last week um, against the Panthers. So just word of advice, if you have a number one player going against the Patriots, kind of keep that in mind unless your name is, um, you know, Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill, but even even Tyreek, and we'll get to that here in a minute. Um, well, I mean, next week they get the New Orleans Saints, so I, I would be fading hard all of your Saints. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. So next up we have San Francisco, Philadelphia, where the San Francisco 49ers ended up beating the Philadelphia Eagles 17-11, to 11, which is a – Super weird score, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Like, how does Philadelphia have 11 points? Like, real talk. Did they get a two-point conversion, or? It had to have been, or a safety somewhere. Let me, let me see if there was a safety. Nope, it's two-point conversion, because Kenneth Gamewell had it. Ha-ha. There you go. But from this game, I mean, the entirety of the 49ers backfield just croaked over. It feels like it's, like, this is the third year in a row where this has happened. I mean, Elijah Mich- Mitchell had 17 carries for 42 yards. And while it's not a great, you know, stat line, I think that you just look at it and say that, you know, he had 17 carries. So he was the go-to guy. And going into next week, I think he's going to hopefully get healthy where they're going to play Green Bay. And we haven't really seen how the game's going right now. Oh, my God, the Lions are beating Green Bay. Wow. But anyways, <laughs> Green Bay still has a bad rush defense. So that's going to be great. Kneecaps on three. <laughs> One, two, three, kneecaps. That's going to be great for Elijah Mitchell. Miles Sanders fell back to earth. Devonta Smith definitely fell back to earth. And here's here's something that's continuing, though. Brandon Ayuk yeah, only he's, used two targets. He's in purgatory right now. Yeah, like, is this a Dante Pettis 2.0? I mean, it's possible. I also think it's potentially maybe he was like, hey, coach, I need more, I need more targets or – Hey, I need to play for a new contract. And Kyle Shanahan is like, no, we're throwing it to the running backs. And I think it's also, I think potentially he's trying to prop up Jimmy G so he can trade him. No. I mean, in all honesty, I could see no. him being able to try to trade him. No. Are you stop. telling me the Jets wouldn't don't want to take him? No, because they just drafted 
Zach Wilson at 102. After what's four Jimmy, interceptions. What's he going to do for your franchise? <laughs> Nothing. But if Jimmy Garoppolo keeps playing like he did in the first half, it could be Trey Lance very, very soon. Sooner rather than later, for ah, sure. Now my favorite game on the week. Las Vegas Raiders beating Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh 26-17. to Suck it! Called it, baby. I'm stoked. Derek Carr is currently, and I mean this legitimately, he is currently probably my MVP candidate because if he is doesn't do what he's been doing, that team is, they're crapping right now. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. So here, you know, here's my one question for you. Is Henry Ruggs legit? Because now this is, last week he had five targets, two mm-hmm. caught to him for 46 yards. Yes, they kind of happened late in the game. This week, he had five receptions for 113 and touchdown, averaging about 23 yards per catch in both games. Is this a continuation thing that's going to keep going, kind of like Marquise Brown, where he's going to catch deep pass after deep pass? Or is this just kind of a mirage? And his next three matchups are Miami, the Chargers, and then the Bears. I think with Miami, Flores and company, they're going to figure out how to stop that. Um, I am concerned when your player is relying on the deep ball, AKA DK Metcalf, AKA Deshaun Jackson, you know, the list goes on and on and on when the majority of your yardage is coming from deep passes and it relies on you on basically one or two routes in the route tree. That's cause for concern in my opinion. Um, and I don't know how much longer this is sustainable. I'm hoping they're able to mix in a few more matchups. I'm like, Darren Waller can only be covered by three guys at a time, maybe four if they get kind of goofy with it, if he gets over the middle and takes some linebackers with them. But, you know, there's only so much Darren Waller can do on that. And I feel like Henry is getting a lot of good one-on-one matchups. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, But I'm hoping they kind of mix it in a little bit more, maybe get him some more in rhythm throws, kind of like what he was in Alabama, kind of. If it was up to me, I understand he's the speedster. And I know that's what John's doing. He's like, hey, you know, we just got to we got to throw it over the top, man. But if they kind of start mixing it in a little bit, kind of like what they did with Marquise Brown last night with the Ravens, they 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 mix it up. They throw the deep pass when they need to, but they also, you know, mix in some slants here, some 10 yard outs. Let's mix up the route tree just a smidge to keep them off. So that way they're not playing cover three or putting a safety over the top of it because yeah. it, you're becoming predictable on that. Yeah, I, I do think that they need to open up the route tree for him a little bit, kind of like you said with Marquise Brown and even Tyree Kill, you know, obviously to a much greater extent than Henry Ruggs. But I feel like they have to get more creative to find ways to get him the ball because you did draft him over Jerry Judy, over CeeDee Lamb, over Justin Jefferson for a for a purpose. Okay, right. So you, I think you have to show it or that looks really bad on your franchise. But then I think for me, the biggest question is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like they, they did not look good. That offensive line was not good. And like we said in the news section, Najee Harris, if he doesn't have that 25 yard touchdown reception, which was great. And he had it. And that's totally viable statement. But if he doesn't have one catch for 25 yards and one touchdown, that means he has 14 total touches for 50 yards. Yeah. It's it's not a great look. That's not great. And I, I feel like this is the time to kind of sound the alarm on Najee Harris not that he's bad as a prospect, but as of right now, as that team is constructed, he's not going to be what you paid for him. No. And, and I, and, you know, we had talked about this in preseason. I was like, he may get 60 to 80 catches this year, simply for the fact of the way that offense is being built, because I feel like honestly, Mike Tomlin is taking a playbook out of Sean Payton's playbook from last year with breeze. It was like, Oh, okay. That, that was not a pretty pass. Okay. Let's do a, uh, let's do a, you know, wheel route, maybe just a little something out of the backfield here. Nice, easy throw here, Ben. It's about 10 feet from you. Just, just toss it off to Najee and let him do his thing. Uh, which by the way, that stiff arm, that was amazing. Did you see that, that was, play? That was pretty awesome. It was fantastic, but <clears throat> I definitely have my concerns with Pittsburgh and this is why I think I chose them to be, I think it was, second in the division, but it was just because of a tiebreaker with Baltimore right now. I would rather flip those because their offensive line looks really, really bad. And then we can, this is kind of a decent transition to the next game where the Minnesota Vikings traveled to the desert to play the Cardinals. They lost 33 to 34 because of a missed field goal at the end of the game. Okay. 
Dalvin, like Kirk Cousins, on fire. Kyler Murray, on fire. Dalvin Cook looked like he was dead a couple times in the game, but like I said in the preseason, he dies at least two times a game, and then he gets resurrected and trots right back on the field. He was tearing it up. <laughs> K.J. Osborne, still a thing after week one. Rondale Moore, I think that's probably one of the biggest things that you can look at is other than one, I think it was like one reception for 70-something yards on a broken play for that yeah. touchdown, mm-hmm. it was six for 30. So, like, I wouldn't go crazy over that. It's good, good to see involvement, but I think you need temper expectations. Yeah, no. Uh, once again, Kirk Cousin teasing us all with his uh, amazing quarterback play. He seems to do this every couple of weeks, and as as on cue, Every couple of weeks, he's like, yeah, he's a good quarterback, and they lose the game. Uh, you know, hey, that wasn't like, his fault, though. I know, but exactly, that's what I'm saying. He does just enough, and that and that's the issue. It's kind of like with some of our playoff teams. It's like it's just enough to get you into the into the playoff, but is it enough for you to be able to? Um, as long as you get invited to the dance, that's all that matters. That's true. That's true. Um, I was also going to point out how some of the tight ends have been playing. Max Williams had uh, 12 points. Pat Fryermuth looked like he was a much more consistent uh, tight end versus um, Eric Ebron in the Steelers game. And then also, um, who was the other one that caught the pass with the Raiders real quick? Foster Moreau. Yeah, Foster Moreau. um, You know, obviously, I feel like Darren Waller took, you know, a lot of the attention away. But, yeah, tight ends playing really good in some of these games here. Yep. So, moving on to the next one, uh, Atlanta getting – it was a close game for a while, but they ended up getting destroyed, it looks like, by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because that game was close for a little bit. And I was feeling confident about choosing Atlanta plus 11 and a half, but then they had a tipped pick six happen, which crap happens. But they lose 25 to 48 to the Buccaneers. Tom Brady launched five touchdown passes, which is fantastic. I still think you stay away from the running backs at the current moment because you don't really know what's going to happen. Wide receivers, like we said with Cincinnati, you just start them every week and hope it's your guys' turn. But I think you look at the Atlanta side, they got kind of got back on track of things. And so I think if you wanted to buy like Calvin Ridley low right now, your price went up, but it's still possible because I think starting next week, they just start shredding. Yeah, and uh, Cordell Patterson becoming a bit of a playmaker. Uh, for, for that team, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. If if Mike Davis is going to continue to be able to produce as the number one running back, and how they continue to maybe incorporate Patterson and Kyle Pitts, we got we got to get him going. Got to get him off of life support here. Um, I I don't know what's going on there. Hey man, he 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 was halfway decent. I mean, he had five catches for seventy three yards. Okay, you can I'll take that for my tight end spot every week, <clears throat> but. Going on to the Dallas versus the Chargers game, which was a fantastic game. Uh, Dallas ended up beating the Chargers 20-17. to 17. Justin Herbert, not just because he's my quarterback and I was watching the game, but because of penalties, he probably lost about 200 yards and two touchdowns off of his final stat line. Mm-hmm. Just saying, he could have had a blow-up week. Austin Eckler, nine catches. We told you not to worry about the lack of receptions last week. You can move on from that. And I think, however, my biggest takeaway from this game is I think this is the beginning of the Tony Pollard show. I think this is where they start splitting the carries and splitting the work 60-40 with Tony Pollard just increasing because you see he's just explosive. Every time he touched the ball, he was making progress, making forward gains. He just looks much better than Zeke does right now. Yeah, and and, and give the Cowboys credit. They look like a complete team other than the last – 50 seconds of the game, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I, I agree. Tony Pollard being able to be able to split the uh, the reps there with uh, Zeke and realizing, you know, they don't have to completely rely on Dak. I mean, Dak's numbers were pretty pedestrian for his for his standards. You know, he was 23 for 27, 237 yards, one pick and one tackle. Um, you know, he scored eight points in some of the fantasy leagues that we had. So not great, but it showed how complete the team was. You know, Amari Cooper mm-hmm. didn't really show up, but CD CD Lamb did. Um, so you know, it's just kind of one of those things of it was great to see the team win, but from a fantasy perspective, I agree. Tony Pollard moving forward, he could potentially be a top 10 running back. I mean, this may be kind of like the split was with the Browns last year. You kind of 
somehow, you know, Tony Pollard may be the workhorse, but Zeke's going to get the touchdowns. Top you know? 10 running back. That's hot. That's like spicy. Like I was going to say, wait another week to see if you can start them in your flex. But top 10, bro. That's no, I'm saying like they're like they're competing for top 10, like the two of them together, kind of like what oh, Nick okay. Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt did. Still, that's 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 pretty spicy. Moving into probably like the fantasy explosion of the week, Tennessee and Seattle. Like it was a great game. Tennessee won 33 to 30 in an overtime game. I think there's only two guys I want to talk about. And this, okay. I'm just going to say their names. And that's going to be it. Derrick Henry. Tyler Lockett. Holy crap. If you went up against Derrick Henry this week, I'm sorry for your loss. 35 carries for 182 yards, three touchdowns. And then the most important part was six catches for 55 yards. If this is the new normal, Derrick Henry will blow the world out of the water. He's coming after you because you told him he wasn't going to run for 2000 yards this season. That's fine. He's not going to still. I'm just saying he may eat you. I'm just saying he, he listened to this podcast last week and he was like, coach, Get me the ball. Another thing. That's fine. Hey, Julio. Welcome back to football. I appreciate it. He looks great. 15, 15 points, six for eight on receptions, 128 yards. Should have had a touchdown, but they had a weird ref ruling, which it's like if the toe is down and that's it, it's a touchdown. But if it's a toe is in, the heel is out. It's an incompletion, even though the replay clearly shows green behind his heel. But whatever. That's neither here nor there. Moving into the Sunday night fantastic game, which I went to bed early on because honestly, I thought it was done and I was super tired. Me too. Same thing. Uh, I went to bed. Uh, Chiefs are up 27-17 and I wake up and I was like, what did I miss? Yep. And, you know, in the morning watching these highlights going, oh my gosh. So I once again, I just have like probably three quick takes like Lamar Jackson. Yes, that was a fantastic game running the ball. He looked great running the ball. But whenever you have... 6, 12, you have 22.7 of your 34 points from rushing. I, I call some things into question, but I'm not going to call into question that it was a great performance because it was phenomenal. Props to him. Keep making me look bad, but it should have been one more completion for about 60 more yards and a touchdown, but he overthrew Marquise Brown by a solid five yards, and that's hard to do, okay? The yeah. running, back, running backs, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I think it's time to get concerned. 13 carries, 46 yards, and a fumble. Gross. Okay, whenever you have your backup running back have negative yardage but still score more fantasy points than you because he scored a touchdown, that's that's some area for concern, okay? Then Marquise Brown, he's on a hot streak. Keep putting him out there. As of right now, I think this goes back eight games in a row where he has either 100 yards and a touchdown, counting last season. Something's, something's, something's hitting there. Keep starting it until it misses. I told you it's him going back to number five. It's uh, it's been helpful to him. Uh huh. Sure. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. Uh. Marquise really impressed. Uh. I'm curious to see if that's going to uh, continue. By the way, Ricard, six three, three hundred eleven pounds. That dude is a hoss. He's a big man. I know he, he didn't really contribute points wise, but being a front blocker, you know, being your fullback, being able for that counter QB counter play that they do. I'm just like, yeesh. Yeah, it's, a, it's a big, <laughs> he's a big man. And then Baltimore backfield. I, if you have to start one, I would continue to start Tyson Williams. He got the most opportunities, even though Latavius Murray got the goal line opportunity. I, I still kind of feel like it will eventually be Latavius's job, but so far Tyson has done nothing to give the reins over. So keep starting them if you have them. Yeah. And uh, once again, another great game. Um, and I think that was that all the matchups. Yep. That was the last one. So Jacob, how do we end up on our uh, records? Was you were what? Seven and nine or eight and nine? Your boy went seven and eight. Seven and eight. I went because right now it's 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 unseen with Detroit currently beating Green Bay, and we both pick Green Bay, so yeah, which we should have, but that's that's fine. That's fine. We can we're gonna keep track of this to see which of us is better as the year goes on. Oh, yeah, no, I'm I'm six and nine at this point, so I'm I I should already give up, right? See, Bruce, I should already get up. I'm 0 and 2 in some leagues. Yep, tap out. It's early. Trade me your players. All righty. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to bring this podcast to a close. We just want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening to us. We really do appreciate it. Please rate and review and subscribe wherever you may be listening to us, such as 
Anchor Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Breaker, Castbox, uh, Cast Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. You can also send us, you know, your Lamar Jackson hate, which is fine because I'm used to it, but I'm going to be right. I hope. <clears throat> you can send us a message on Twitter at Misfit underscore FF. Or if you have a delicious soap and cheesecake recipe, which we're still on the hunt for, send it to us at our email at the.misfit.ff at gmail.com, or we'll answer any and all of your fantasy football-related questions. Also, what color sock should you wear tomorrow? I'm going to go with the Argyle pattern, preferably the green the green coloration. Okay. That's kind of my flavor of the week. Okay. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we say goodbye for now, but we'll see you again soon. Hopefully and with better voices. <laughs> yes, I need I need some tea or something. And some I know, like peppermint tea and some honey. Honestly, if if um, whatever beverage you're, you have listening to this or at the end of it, just, you know, re-listen to it and take a take a swig of it every time I croak. Or like a nice warm soap and pea cheesecake. That would, that would also help. That's perfect. We need it. We need to put that up on the Twitter being like, um, I'll do it. I the hashtag it. for the soap and pea cheesecake. It, this is getting ridiculous. It's we're just one simple an, pod. <laughs> listen, we're going to have an award by the end of this year for like the soap and pea cheesecake player of the year, which is just going to be like the sweetest, just most best, like best from top to bottom. Just mm, mm, I'm in. Sign me up. All right. See y'all later. Deuces. Deuces.